part two. While slavery was very, very common in the ancient world and is still well, well too common in our modern world, and while there were not borders such as we think of them today, where we could have a defensible border by a full-time professional army, and that's how nations then divide themselves. That wasn't the case back then. However, there were some kingdoms that did have enough money and power to set up borders and set up rules within their kingdom. When we look at those, they don't look anything like the rules that we find about slaves and debt slavery in the Old Testament. The Code of Hammurabi, one of the oldest codes we can find about 1700 years before the birth of Christ, has things like this. If a man should harbor a fugitive slave or slave woman of either the palace or commoner in his house and not bring him out at the herald's public proclamation, that householder shall be killed. In other words, if you see a runaway slave, you have to return them or you'll be killed. Uh, if you seize a runaway slave and you take them back to their owner, the owner will give you two shekels of silver. So you're rewarded for returning runaway slaves. If you remember last week, last Monday, that was illegal in the Old Testament. Did it happen? I'm sure people sinned. I'm sure they did. The Old Testament has, and the New Testament, uh, and my diary, I, every human being sin. God sets up standard, we don't do it. We sin, we miss that mark, which is the root words, meaning behind the word sin. Uh, and once again, all the laws in the Old Testament were, you can't go steal a man and sell him. And again, it's mainly referring there to Israelites. We're, we're going to see some changes and nuance to some of these rules. Also, if somebody runs away from a master, you can't take him back. He's got to live freely within any of the towns that you control that he wants to live in. Under Israelites' law, you could not charge interest not to an Israelite. And again, there were different rules for strangers, although God wanted them to be treated very, very kindly. We're aware that didn't always happen. Leviticus 25, verses 35 through 37, all loans to a brother were, were to be interest-free, but you still had to pay back what you owed. That was a solemn debt. Jesus even talked about that and said, why would you, why would you hurry up and make promises that you're not keeping. You know, that these things are brought up frequently in the Old Testament. You'll find them in Job and um, they'll just say, don't, don't rush with it. Oh, and all through Proverbs, don't rush to make a debt because you're going to have to pay it back. Your only option uh, was to pay your debt with whatever you had. Most countries did not have a set currency. Many of them would have an agreed upon symbol of currency, such as beads and later coins, but most of them would, um, you know, this is worth this many bushels of this, this is worth this cow, this is whatever that was. They would find a way, um, in fact, most of the literature that I saw when I went through uh, the back rooms of the British Museum years and years ago, you know, they, they'll let you back in. I'm not that special. They'll let people back in for a variety of reasons. Um, I don't read any of those languages. And so when I look at these massive vaults and I said, have these all been translated? And they, 
the docent there laughed. He went, no. And I was thinking, well, what, what great secrets could be found in these? And he goes, they're not secrets here. These are all accounting. The, the, he said the vast majority of ancient writings that we have uh, on clay tablets, whatever they are, are accounts. And after a while, we, we just don't, we don't have the money and the manpower to keep translating Excel sheets, basically. So how are you going to, how are you going to pay off your debt? Uh, you're going to have to agree what it's worth. Well, in, in the Israelite law in Exodus 21 and verse two, that was set. You could serve another, the, the term of service that you could demand from another was six years. In the seventh, they were to be released. Exodus 21 and verse two. That's an upper limit. Uh, it is well attested that there were much lower limits for smaller debts. You would then work uh, however they wanted you to work, in the house, in the fields, uh, in, their, in their shops, whatever they had, you would do the job. And your pay was paying off your debt, so one day you could be released. And at the end of your period of service, and this is really, really cool, uh, Deuteronomy 15 verses 12 through 14 talk about this. You had two options when you were done with your service. The debt is canceled. So now what are your options? You could go back to your own place if it's still there, if somebody else hasn't taken it. Uh, you know, there, again, you did not have security in your person or your goods, not in this world. This world is a whole different world than the world in which you live. So if you can go back and you want to go back, go back. But what if enough things have changed that you would rather stay with this family doing this job, working with them? Well, you can, you can stay. If you, if you want to, you did a little boring of a hole through your ear to show everybody, yeah, I know I've been here longer than I needed to be, but I chose this family and this family is letting me stay here because you became part of a greater family and because you may have lost your entire family through the very event that caused the debt that forced you into debt servitude. You didn't have a place to go. There was not a homeless issue. The people were brought in. In fact, if the lack of hospitality is one of the worst things you could do in the Old Testament. And that also included foreigners who came into your area. Hospitality was required to be given. By the way, in many Middle Eastern countries, it's still that way today. You might want to read Marcus Luttrell's book, Lone Survivor, about how that put people who found him badly wounded, the only surviving seal of a, um, of a group that had, had just been torn apart by a massive force. When the group found him, they were under obligation to take care of him and could not let the Taliban take him because of the rules, hospitality rules. So it, it is fascinating. So what happens if I say, well, I like the family and I like the job, but I really, I want to go do my own thing now because we're free and clear. Well, the law says in Deuteronomy 15 that if a brother Hebrew, again, we're talking about Israelite to Israelite or Hebrew to Hebrew, Jew to Jew, these, these terms are all, they blend together. Now, historically, they arose at different times. If, if they want to go, you cannot let them go empty-handed. You had to furnish them liberally 
out of your goods, your wine press, your flocks, and you gave them an independent um, business starter up package. And you sent them off with that. Again, this is not slavery as we think of slavery when we think of slavery in the US. But again, Exodus 21 says that they can remain permanently in the house if they want to. Why? Well, Deuteronomy 15 and verse 16. And by the way, Deuteronomy, uh, um, rough translation of the word means the second reading of the law or the second statement. So it's condensed, it's <clears throat> put in a, um, I know it's hard to believe when you read Deuteronomy, that thing was condensed, but it was in more of a handy version where they were at the time Deuteronomy was written. Here's the law. And one of the reasons it puts in there in Deuteronomy 15 and verse 16, why a slave may want to stay is because, because he has done well in your house and he likes there and he has been treated well. And so they work there. This, um, they really speak to something which is gonna sound awful. And I wanna preface this with something this is not. On Twitter, I saw, um, clips a few months ago of a minister in a uh, denomination, a, a major American denomination. I've never been a member of it, but I know it well. And the minister was actually in Bible classes making the case that American slaves were thrilled to be slaves because their life was just so much better than it had been when they were running around in Africa. I was appalled. The people posting it were appalled. You should be appalled. That's just insane. And it also dehumanizes these poor people. And it also whitewashes, and I'll, I'll use that term and all puns intended, a horrible part of history. This is not what's going on here. This is not the, we're not whitewashing this. There were abuses in this system. God did not authorize the abuses, but often his name was invoked by people who broke his law. The same as today. A person picking up a rifle and walking into an abortion clinic and shooting people in the name of God does not make it okay with God. You cannot break God's law in his name and it be okay. And yet the Bible is honest enough to let you know it happened all the time. It's interesting that most people when they write their sacred scriptures wouldn't put in these things, but the Bible does to show us that we really do need that savior. And uh, then there's, but there are, there are troubling aspects of some of this. In Exodus 21, there's a stipulation that comes with, we're gonna to need to think about this. If he comes in single, now he's done all of his work, he shall go out single. If he comes in married, then his wife shall go out with him. So we're not breaking up a family. <clears throat> if his master gives him a wife and she bears him sons and daughters, the wife and her children shall be her masters and he shall go out alone. Well, Exodus 21 verses three through four, that sounds horrific. It, so here's, here's the deal. I'm a slave, I'm working off my debt. And I see another one, another one of the slaves or the servants in the household, and she's pretty and 
she thinks I'm all right, the, or the master thinks we'd be happy with each other. Arranged marriages were the thing. And in fact, in the Bible, only one person's ever said to have loved his wife. Isn't that interesting? They were, these were arranged. So the arranged marriage to us is a scandal to them. It was a Tuesday. It was just the way things are done. So now you've got this woman and this man and they, they have a couple babies, but now he's free to go because he's served his time, but she can't go. Why? It is because she has a contract too. There will be a time that where she's free to go if the master's following the, um, the law, the Torah, then there's a time that she'll be free to go. And then she can bring the children with her. In fact, it's assumed that she will. The reason that he can't marry her, have babies and take her with him is because she owes a debt that would hurt the man that risked by paying off your debt and bringing you in for you to work off that debt. Both parties here have a deep interest. So uh, I would imagine quite a few guys decided to stay around until the wife was uh, free of her debt. Others would have come back for her when her debt was over. That's the way it was intended to be when you read the letter of the law here. The options either to, um, you know, by the way, he could leave, set up business, earn money and come back and pay off her debt and buy her out of there. That did happen. There are many records of that happening. Not, not so much among the Israelites because a lot of their records didn't survive. But when you look at the records of the places all around them that had similar systems in place for their citizens, this was common. For the guy then to, uh, to go and get himself some money, come back or land, somehow bargain away and get the family. Um, there is a very puzzling case that we've got to hit here uh, that is also in Exodus 21. All right, <clears throat> just going to read it. When a man sells his daughter as a slave, she shall not go out as the male slaves do. That is, she shall not be released after her period of six years. If she does not please her master who has designated her for himself, then he shall let her be redeemed. He shall have no right to sell her to a foreign people since he's broken faith with her. If he designates her for his son, he shall deal with her as a daughter. If he takes another wife to himself, he shall not diminish her food, her clothing, or her marital rights. And if he does not do these three things for her, she shall go out for nothing without payment of money. Well, there's, there's just all kinds of weirdness going on here. So um, let, let's, let's go and look at this bit by bit. <clears throat> when you look at the context of the passage, this is a woman who has been working off debt servitude, who has, um, uh, he, the man has sell, sold a daughter as a slave. She now has been married. She has been promised to someone else. There has been a price paid. Whenever you sell your daughter as a slave, that is a debt thing to the Israelites. I don't like this. I would have written this law different. I'm not trying to defend it. In fact, you're going to find out something about me if you don't know it now. I will sing of the love of, of Jesus forever. 
But if you ask me to justify everything said in Scripture, can't do it. And I'm not going to explain it away. There are moderating things here. If she is a slave, again, there was a selling for the slave. It was not a forever slave among the Israelites. They didn't do that. Not unless the person wanted to stay. That was their choice. There will be a period of time that she is there. What happened? Let's just go through it. She shall not go out as male slaves do at the end of six years. Why is that? Not really sure. Uh, the Bible does give some explanations, and we have two more weeks to look at this. But gotta tell you, it's never going to make you go, oh, well, that's, that's brilliant. But there is something very much forward thinking here and very much brilliant. If she doesn't please her master who has designated her for himself, in other words, this is, I'm, I've taken this woman on and she's going to be doing this work. And if he doesn't like the work she's doing, he's got to let her be bought back by dad is primarily who. He has no right to sell her on. He has no right to mistreat her. If in fact, <clears throat> one of his sons would like her for the uh, wife, she immediately moves from slave to family member with all rights, all rights intact. He, and the master is to deal with her as his daughter. There, there are no exceptions here. If he takes, and, and if the son has more than one wife, yeah, polygamy happened. It wasn't nearly as common as people think it was, but it happened. Solomon didn't go to bed with a thousand women and all the other. These were marriages of treaties, uh, trades, understanding, peace. You know, they, they had a lot of reasons to get married, and many of them weren't the way we think of it. But the truth is that many women would lose their husband, war, disease, famine, accident, and there were no police force. There was no, um, there was no authority that would look out after them, protect them. No general understanding in the great and ancient world that women had rights or that people had rights. So what happens? Well, he's not going to just send her out there to be taken by whoever comes next. Going to let her be redeemed going to find, find a way to let her be redeemed. And if, he, if, if the, the woman's out there and she needs a family, a man would take a second wife or a third wife, bringing them in to protect them. Yes, there would probably be some sex there too, but that wasn't the main goal. There was protection and to keep the line going. For example, any babies born to that woman were, were said to belong to her husband, the first husband. You would raise up children for that husband, his land, his property, his renown, his reputation. All of this is in, in Exodus 21, and it is fascinating and horrifying at all the same time. And to act like it isn't, that it isn't forward thinking and awful at the same time, I think we're just not being honest with ourselves. Um, however, if she's married, she's not second wife or third wife. Everything has to be equal. Food, clothing, and marital rights, that means sex. And it, um, the marital right, it's more than that. But it would mean you really, you have to help her try, if she's young enough, to have babies in her first husband's name to reestablish her line, 
that was super important to them. And the scripture says, if you don't do these three things, then she goes out for nothing. Without payment of money, she doesn't have to pay you. She is redeemed because you mistreated her. You broke the deal. All right, have to stop because we've hit 20 minutes. We will do part three next week. I hope you have a great week. If you have questions, Patrick at rsafeharbor.com. Thank you for those of you who are subscribing. Thank you, that means a lot to us. And also those of you who give to make this work possible. Thank you. See you soon.